Hey, James here, and uh, I'm calling you to talk about COVID-19. Yep, the thing most of us didn't know anything about a few months ago, and now it seems to control our lives. <laughs> it's, it's running everything. Uh, and here's the deal, many of us don't know anybody uh, who has the, who's been affected by the virus, who actually has the virus, but all of us are affected by the virus in some way. Um, when I say I'm calling you, what I mean is uh, I'm actually recording this on my phone. Like if I were to give you a phone call, this is what it would sound like. And um, got the headphones in, uh, just like if, if we're on a phone call. And um, I was thinking to myself, what, what, what's something people need right now? Well, one is, one is interaction, one is connection with other people. And um, in a digital age where uh, we are so removed from talking with one another and we're practicing social distancing now, uh, I thought it'd be nice to give you a call. I thought it'd be nice to uh, connect with you. It's better than a text, better than an email, uh, even better than a video. So I'm calling you to talk about COVID-19. COVID-19. Uh, what a time we're in, huh? I mean, this is... This is unprecedented. Like, I want to say that it's unprecedented, but then at the same time, this is unique. Like, we've never experienced something like this before, and yet we've experienced stuff like this all the time, right? We've had tragedy take place. We've had uh, in, in, in sickness and virus. This isn't anything new to the human race. Um, there have been uh, Ebola outbreaks and... Black Plague um, centuries ago. but And so this is nothing new, but at the same time, this all feels new, doesn't it? It all feels new. It all feels uh, weird. It's different. It's, it's surreal, almost. Um, as we're in this time, figuring out what? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Um, we're living in a time right now where there's no toilet paper on the shelves. <laughs> there's scarcity. Hand sanitizer. Um, costs $25,000 right now. Um, people are buying homes with rolls of toilet paper. <laughs> All right, I'm just joking about that. But, but, you know, we go to the grocery stores and it's scarce. And um, these are just really unique and interesting times. And so what do we do? Um, you know, I think it's... Uh, so if I were to call you and we were to chat on the phone, here's the thing I would share with you if you're interested. And I know not everybody's interested, but I wanted to, just if you were interested, here's here's what I'd share with you as we go through a time like this. Um, you know, often when, when things change, when things are different, when things shock our system, shock our world, um, oftentimes it's good to get outside of it and just name what's happening, right? Have you ever felt a certain way and you're like, why do I, why do I feel this way? Why, why am I afraid? Why am I angry? Why am I sad? Why am I scared? Uh, oftentimes it's good to just take a step back, step outside yourself and look at the situation and name what's happening. Like give commentary to, to what's taking place. Because, because when we do that, when we give that commentary, it helps us better um, sort through what we're feeling and why we're feeling it, right? And so, um, 
I've been this, this so helpful when I go to the doctor and, and I'm about to get a shot, especially when I was younger, but even with our kids, when, when they go to get a shot, I find it so helpful when the doctor says, okay, um, so you're going to feel a little pinch, not a, not a hard pinch, but it's just going to be a little pinch. And, and they do it like while they're even talking to me about it, you're going to feel a little pinch and oh, look, it's over. And it's like, oh wait, I just got a shot. I didn't even know that I was going to shot, but because they talked me through it, because they told me what was happening. It felt good. And so it, it it's good during this time where things feel weird and we feel out of place and we feel like our whole world is crashing down around us or there's panic going on around us and there's this uncertainty and what do we do? It's good oftentimes to step back and look at what's happening and just name it. All right. And so the shelves, the shelves are empty. There's scarcity. And so because there's scarcity when I go to the grocery store and I'm not used to seeing that, I feel afraid, right? Um, because now, now this isn't anything new in other parts of the world, right? Other parts of the world, they're used to scarcity. Other parts of the world um, would look at what's going on with us and they'd say, oh my gosh, you guys have plenty. <laughs> it was so funny. I went to the grocery store the other day. I was looking for chicken because uh, we wanted to have chicken wings. And uh, I went to Walmart, Lidl, and food line, they had no chicken wings. Not only did they have no chicken wings, they had no chicken in the chicken aisle. The only thing that was less, I, 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 don't, I don't know if you've done this, um, going to the grocery store, but the only thing it, 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 that they had were like chicken gizzards, hearts, and livers, right? I told my wife, she's Filipino, she said, oh, that's the good stuff. <laughs> um... But it's interesting to me going to the grocery store and seeing like what people didn't pick up, right? Like there's no pasta, but there is gluten-free pasta. It's like even in a time of an apocalypse, people are like, no, I'm good. I don't need that. <laughs> so, uh, but it's, it's good to name it and say there's scarcity. I see scarcity. I see panic in people. Why? Why? And, and, and that scarcity causes worry because what if there's not enough for me? What if there's not enough for my family, right? That's where that worry comes from. Everybody needs to stop freaking out. Everybody needs to stop panicking. But, but why, why do some panic and why are some freaking out? Here's why. It's because when I go to the grocery store, I don't, I don't see what I need. And I'm wondering, will there be enough for me? I don't know how long this is going to last. And so and, and, and that can cause fear and, and, and sadness and anxiety, right? And so oftentimes it's good to just step back and give commentary to it. Here's what's happening, right? What's happening is um, some people are catching this, this virus and it seems to be spreading pretty quickly. Um, and some people have died from it. Now, a lot of people have recovered you know, as you look at reports and things like that, most people have recovered. Um, uh, a huge amount of people have recovered, but it, it it's still scary. And and this is a new thing. And so you're seeing novel COVID-19, right? Novel means new. Um, and so we've heard... People say things like more people have died from the flu than from this. Why are we freaking out? Because this is new. See, we've gotten used to the flu. We, there's, a, there's, an, um, there's a remedy for the flu, right? There's a vaccine for the flu. You go to the doctor, get some Tamiflu, get a, get a Z-pack, and you're, you're good for the flu. But, but, and, and so there's a kind of a cure for that, but we've also gotten used to it. 
and it doesn't bother us as much. It, it's kind of like I, I live in Virginia, and uh, when hurricanes come here, for me, like when I hear about a hurricane coming, like it doesn't freak me out. Same people, same for people who live in Florida. They hear a hurricane is coming, they don't freak out. Why? Because they've been through hurricanes before. This isn't new, right? But this virus is new, and so with with newness, there's there's more anxiety and worry and, and fear there. I mean, we're, we're, we're at a point where if someone coughs in public, people look at them weird, like, okay, you need to get quarantined. Um, but that's why, that's why. So, so just step back and look and say, okay, why are things the way they are? Here's what's happening. Here's what's going on. There's, there's scarcity. This is spreading quickly. Uh, I don't know what tomorrow holds. By the way, we never knew what tomorrow holds. I don't know what's happening next week. By the way, we never knew what's happening next week. My schedule has been interrupted, right? So it's good to just take a step back and add commentary. Here's what's going on. Just objectively name it. And then that will help, I, I, I find, help me understand, help you understand. Here's why I feel the way I feel because of these objective things that are taking place. And so and so what's happened? Um, I think a big source for uh, some of what people are feeling is is this. Um, our plan has been sidetracked, right? We, we're going on living life as normal. Kids going to school. I can go to grocery store, pick up whatever I want. Um, uh, I, can, I can go to work. I can go to the gym. Like my life was set. Things are the way they are. I'm in this rut or routine, but routine can become a rut. And now, all of a sudden, my plan has been sidetracked. Like something has smacked my life, called COVID-19. Something has smacked your life and said, sorry, things are changing. Things are going to be different for a little while. What's happened is our regularly scheduled program has been interrupted. And we hate this, right? We hate, you hate it, don't you? I hate it when I'm watching a show and it gets interrupted because there's a storm happening and the local news breaks in like, we're gonna keep you updated on this storm. And I'm like, that's 10 miles away from me. I don't even care about that, right? Can I please watch Survivor? <laughs> Go back to the show I was watching. I don't even care about that. Or it's like, we're interrupting your regularly scheduled broadcast to bring you this news, this update from, from the president. I'm like, ah, I just wanna watch The Price is Right, right? <laughs> See, when our, when our regularly scheduled viewing has been interrupted, we get pissed. Take me back to what I was watching. And that's what's happened in our lives, right? We just want things to go back to normal. I don't want to have to worry about, am I five feet away from you? I don't want to have to worry about, are we, are we under the limit of meeting, right? Like, I don't want to have to worry about... Uh, getting sick, going to the gym, or just being around people. I don't want to have to worry about, are, is the grocery store going to have what I want when I go to it? Like, just can we get back to how things were, but we can't, and we're not there yet. And what scares so many of us, what scares so many people is we don't know when that's going to get back to how it was. It's like we're figuring out this new normal, all right? And so our lives have been sidetracked. Our regularly scheduled program has been interrupted. And we hate it. Here's why. Because we've lost control. We've lost control. Could it be 
that you feel the way you feel right now because you've lost control, right? For me, I'm, I'm discovering new things about me even in this moment, but even before this, like I like to be in control. I like to know the answers. I like to have a plan. That's me, right? And so when I don't have control, uh, it's difficult at times. I've been, I've been releasing control recently, right? I've been learning about myself. Like, why do I feel the need to be in control? Here's why. Because if I can control it, I know it'll get done well. And what's the opposite? If it doesn't get done well, then it might fail. And if it fails, and what that's, what does that mean about me? It, it means that I'm a failure, and I don't want to be a failure, so I'm going to do everything I can to make this succeed. That's just the control thing. So it's not about control. It's about I don't want to be a failure. And maybe, uh, I wonder for you, as, as our programs have been interrupted, I wonder if for you it's a control thing. Because you like to have the answers. You like to be in the know. You like to, I want to know and I need to know. And now you don't have that control. And I wonder, and, and, and because of that, it leads to worry. Because of that, it leads to anxiety. Because of that, it leads to what is going on. And I wonder, I wonder, I wonder if God is is using this. So I don't believe God is causing this. Some people will say God is causing this. I don't think God is causing this. But I wonder if God is using this to bring us back to him, to teach us what he taught us in the parables, or in the in the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus said, I tell you, don't worry. Don't worry about your life. Don't worry. God's got this. God's bigger. God has a plan. God has a purpose. Hey, how many of us sit in church or hear this message that God has a plan and a purpose for your life? God wants to do great and amazing things for your life. And we clap and we cheer and we say amen and yes, 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 yes. But we don't, we don't rest in that plan. We don't rest in that purpose because ultimately I'm going to be in control and actually God's plan is my plan. And I wonder if through this, God can use this, again, not, God is not causing this, but God can use this to say, oh, yeah, this is, this is about you trusting me. I know you don't know what tomorrow holds, but I do. I know you don't know what's happening next week, but I do. So, so trust me. In this time, trust me, in this moment, I wonder if God is seeking to teach some of us a lesson, saying it's out of your control. Don't panic. Don't freak out. Don't have anxiety because you know me. I got this. And see, this is, this is a time, too, where people who normally wouldn't turn to God may very well consider him. Because it's in this time, like, I don't know what you believe about God or if you, if you believe in God or what, but, but this is the time, too, in crisis and panic and, and where things are uncertain and I don't really know. Like, people who typically wouldn't turn to God will turn to Him. And I want to let you know, like, it's God who has the answer where He says, I'm bigger than this. I knew this was coming. This didn't surprise me. And I will lead you toward peace. I will lead you towards rest. I will lead you toward trust just simply follow me what the proverb writer says it like this in proverbs 3 5 and 6 right lean not on your own understanding but in all your ways acknowledge him and he will lead your path straight so i wonder if god is seeking to use this again not cause this he didn't do this but if he can use this because here's what we know god works all things for the good of those who love him (laughs) Uh, and are called according to his purpose. I wonder if, 
God is trying to teach some of us, let go, let go, because none of this is in your control anyway. So I'm here, just let go. I wonder too if this is a great time where we can learn to slow down and rest. I wonder if that's some of the anxiety that, that some of us have. We we just have this go, go, go mentality. I gotta go, I gotta achieve, I gotta accomplish, I gotta make this happen. You hear it all the time. I gotta go, I can't ever take a break. Hashtag no days off. Hashtag I'll rest when I die, right? But I wonder if God is saying, hey, this is it. Stop. The world does not depend on you go, go, going. Your worth is not in what you do. Your worth is in who you are. I wonder if a thing you can learn from this is it's time to have a Sabbath, to have a day off, to just relax. I wonder if God is inviting us to go outside and take a deep breath and get some fresh air and be still and know that he is God. You know, one of the things that helps me um, whenever I go through difficulty in life is, is God's word. I mean, over and over again, I, I think that's the answer. I think that's the anchor. I think it's, it's, it's the operator's manual for how we should live life. But what helps me is to go back to God's word. And in God's word, Psalm 46, verse 2, the psalm writer says, I will not fear, even though the earth gives way and the mountains fall into the sea. He's literally just, he's saying, even though the world is crashing down around me, I will not fear. And then in Psalm 46.10, I think he gives us the reason. And it's coming from God. God says, be still and know that I'm God. As you look around and you see everything crashing down around you, you see the empty shelves, as you don't know when your kids are going to go back to school, like all this chaos, all this turmoil, all this fear-inducing panic. Because you see all this and this uncertainty. I just don't know. God's saying, hey, be still. And know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. I hold all things in my hand. I know what's coming. I knew this was coming. This did not catch me by surprise. I am bigger than this. I am bigger than your social anxieties, your fears, all of that. Be still and know that I am am God. So, um, I want to, I want to wrap this up, um, cause our phone calls getting pretty long and I've been doing all the talking. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't let you butt in, but, uh, um, I, I, I think during this time it's helpful to know what does the Christian do in times of uncertainty? And here's, here's what I believe. I just believe that following Jesus is what's best for all people at all times in all situations, right? And this isn't just with something like COVID-19. This is something that's true for, for anything and everything. Following Jesus is what's best for all people at all times in all situations, right? And so what do we do in times of uncertainty? What do we do when we see scarcity? What do we do when our our program is interrupted, when our world is rocked, when we have fear and anxiety, what do we do in times of uncertainty? Again, I just go back to the scriptures to find hope because that's the operator's manual, that's God's word. And um, 
there's this interesting situation where Paul, he's a surly Christian. He met Jesus. He, he made his life mission killing Christians. He met the resurrected Jesus and became a Christian. Uh, like like he, he killed Christians and then became a Christian. He, he made it his life mission to destroy the church. And then after he met Jesus, he started churches all over the Roman world. Listen, if you don't believe in God, if you're like, I don't know about that whole God thing. Like just the very fact that Paul like loved killing Christians and torturing Christians and then became one himself because he met the resurrected Jesus is phenomenal evidence that there's something to this. Because a drastic change in somebody's life doesn't take place just like that, right? Unless there's something to this. But Paul, this early church leader, he wrote a third of the New Testament. He started churches all over the Roman world. He started this church in Ephesus, and, and you can read about it and. In the book of Acts, I think it's Acts chapter 17, but but um, he, he starts this church and he's there and this is revival that takes place in the city of Ephesus. I mean, people riot because Christianity is on the scene uh, and it's disturbing the economy, but there's this revival that takes place. These, these sorcerers burn their scrolls publicly and they say, we're coming to God, we're following God. Like there's this great revival that takes place in the city of Ephesus. Like Ephesus, the church of Ephesus, is this great, phenomenal church where great and amazing things are taking place. And uh, Paul starts it. And then, and then he, he has this guy, Timothy, step in to oversee the church in Ephesus. And um, Timothy is Paul's protege. He's just this young guy. And uh, there's this one time that Paul writes to him and he says, Hey, Timothy, fan into flame your passion and your power. God gave you some gifts. Use them. Stop doubting yourself. Like Timothy was this insecure guy, right? And hey, I'm, I'm, I'm with him. I totally identify with Timothy. But Paul's like, come on, step up, man up, and lead with power and boldness and courage. And here's Timothy. He's leading this great church in the city of Ephesus under the Roman Empire, like under the Roman Empire, like like you know what happened to Christians in the Roman Empire, don't you? I mean, just think back to world history back in high school, right? I mean, short shortly on, like Nero is is the Roman emperor, and Nero is like dipping Christians in wax, lighting them in his garden, and lighting them on fire, just to light his garden. Right? Christians are are are, are being uh, forced to to fight animals in the arenas and gladiators in the arenas. They're, they're being crucified. Christians are like killed and persecuted for their faith under Nero. And Timothy is leading the church in Ephesus uh, just before all this happens. And this is, is, is beginning to happen. And so Paul, this giant in the faith, writes to Timothy. And here's what he reminds Timothy in this trying time, in, this, in, in these days of uncertainty, in, in times where Christians are fearing for their lives. He writes to Timothy, this guy who's leading this great church, 2 Timothy 1.7. He says, for the Spirit of God does not make us timid. Timothy, stop being timid. Another word that's used here is fear. God doesn't give us a spirit of fear, but he gives us power. He gives us love. And self-discipline. Listen, God's spirit is the same spirit, if you're a Christian, that raised Jesus from the dead. 
The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of you. Can I just remind you of that if you're a Christian, if you've made the decision to believe in Jesus, to follow him, give him your life and be baptized in him. God's spirit, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you and he gives you power. He gives you power to overcome the anxiety, to overcome the worry. He gives you power to press on. So press on. Stand up. Rise. You got this. Because you know the God who holds all things in his hand. You know the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last, the author of life. You know the one who holds the patent on people, the manufacturer. You know the one who is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And his spirit lives in you and you have power. And it gives you love, 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 love. Hey, during this time, it's not a time to hate, it's a time to love. One of the great things about Christianity and one of the things that spread the movement of Christianity is that Christians were often the only ones, Christians were the only ones who in times of crisis and panic and trouble and hardship, Christians were the one, ones running to the front lines to see how can we help, how can we love. During the plague, Christians cared for people, and took people in. During times of sickness and disease, Christians were the ones who set up hospitals. That's why so many hospitals are named after saints, because Christians are the ones who see people suffering and sick and panicking and anxiety and worrying, and they say, I'm here to love you. I'm here to love you. During this time, of weirdness, this time of uncertainty, this time of trouble and trial. Show love. Show love. Ask your neighbor what they need. Call some people that you love and tell them you love them. Tell them, hey, hey, you're on my mind. I just want to say thank you so much. I'm so grateful for you. But get practical in your love. Because, again, this is a time where people who typically wouldn't come to God would come to God because they're looking for answers. They're wondering, what are the Christians going to do in this situation? Jesus said, you're the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. But instead, they put it on its stand so people can see it and glorify their Father in heaven. Because they see the good deeds of those who are being lights. Let your light shine and show love. Offer encouragement to people. Write some people some some cards. Hey, you got plenty of time. You're hanging out at home, right? Write some people some cards. Send them some voice memos. Tell them how much of an impact they've had on your life. Encourage some people. Right? Love and of self-discipline. Self-discipline. Hey, during this time, you're going to hear a lot about fear. You're going to hear a lot about faith. And sometimes we... Um, we mix those things up. Uh, man, i got to wrap this up. I've been talking so long. Um, and again, I'm, I'm just so sorry I didn't give you a chance to say anything, but thanks for listening to me. Um, but you're going to hear about faith and, and wisdom and, and fear. And here, Here's what I want to share with you. Faith and wisdom are not opposites, but faith and wisdom rest hand in hand. Right? David took on Goliath. That was a great show of faith, but it was also coupled with wisdom. Because for years and years and years, David was training and prepping and preparing with that slingshot. So he had a sure aim. And so he knew what he was getting into when he fought Goliath. It took both wisdom. 
because he had been training and planning and prepping for it and faith to do that. Um, so faith and wisdom go hand in hand. Um, as, as we talk about faith, faith is not being stupid, right? So um, for us, I mean, as our church, we're, um, we're going by what the government says, what the experts say, because I'm not going to uh, oppose what people the CDC say and what doctors say, because I don't know anything about that, because I'm not that. Uh, but I can help people with their emotions and, and thoughts and, and souls, right? And so that's what I want to help with. But, uh, you know, so if a church isn't meeting, that's not, that's not a lack of faith. It's just being wise. <laughs> so when we talk about self-discipline, hey, prepare. Keep your distance. Wash your hands, you filthy animals. <laughs> um, but, but at the same time, don't panic and don't freak out. God has given you self-discipline. So show love and encourage people. Set some boundaries, practice some social distancing, um, but don't practice spiritual distancing, right? And so we still love and we still encourage and we still are generous and we still serve and we still help because that's what God has called us to do in times like this. You know, I've been talking to you like you're a Christian and if you are, great, it's time to be the light of the world. But if you're not, um, I just want to let you know that Jesus has, has the answer. Jesus has hope. Jesus is the one who leads us to peace. And um, it's only in him that, that you'll find great peace, not just in this time, but in life in general. So I just want to encourage you, if you've never said yes to Jesus, it's as simple as saying, like if you believe that Jesus died for you on the cross and it's historical evidence that he did, it's a historical fact that he did. So you don't even have to believe very hard to believe that. But if you believe Jesus died for you on the cross, that he rose again from the dead. And again, there's historical evidence for that. Um, there's, there's relational evidence for that. Again, I mentioned Paul earlier, but you can look at James, Jesus' brother, who believed that Jesus was the Son of God. I mean, what would it take for you to believe that one of your siblings was the son or the daughter of God? Probably to see them raise again from the dead. And that's what happened with James. James was Jesus' brother. He didn't believe him at all. But after the resurrection, he became a believer because he saw it. He witnessed it with his own eyes and he knew. So there's great evidence for the resurrection. There's more evidence than that. So it doesn't even take much faith to believe that Jesus died and rose again from the dead. What it takes faith in is, is believing that Jesus did that for you. That Jesus took your sin, your shame, your regret on himself. And when Jesus died, your sin died with him. And that he loves you. And he calls you to live a new life. The best life ever. The life really you want to live. You long to live. You've been searching after and chasing after. He's the one who helps you overcome the obstacles and the roadblocks because he provides the path toward life. And so it's making the decision where you say, Jesus, not only do I believe that you died and rose again from the dead, but I want to follow you. I want to give you my life. The word in the scriptures is repentance. And I want to be baptized into you. I want to be immersed into you. I want to be lowered into the water, buried with you. So that when I come up out of that water, I can be raised again to new life with my sins 
washed away and your spirit living inside of me. Hey, if you've never made that decision, this is my phone call to you. If I was just talking with you on the phone, I'd say that's the biggest decision you'll ever make in your life. So I want to invite you today to decide, I believe, I want to follow. And if you want to get baptized, reach out to me. You can do that through our website, wearetherizen.com. Um, just go to wearetherizen.com. There's a contact page there. Just reach out to us. Uh, you can do it through our Facebook page, Instagram too. Um, but let us know. And um, that's what we really need in this time of COVID-19 is peace and hope and direction. And Jesus is the one who provides all of it. So thanks for listening. Thanks for chatting with me or hanging in, hanging on the line while I chatted with you. And um, I want to remind you the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. This world has seen far worse, but the best is yet to come. God's bigger. And if we're able to pull through before, we'll be able to pull through now. Hang in there. Peace and love. Talk to you later.